I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace and success. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. This time on the show, you've heard it before, women aren't funny, or at least not as hilarious as men. I talked to a linguist who has studied the way senior women and men use humour in the workplace. Men were using it more often and they were using it in a way that produced a laugh, whereas when women used it less often, they often didn't get a laugh. In fact, 80% of their jokes fell flat. Keep listening to find out why. Judith Baxter is a professor of applied linguistics at Aston University in England. I first read about her work on language and gender more than a year ago. I was fascinated by it because use of language in the workplace is one of those things most of us don't think about, yet it can have a big effect on the way other people perceive us. Judith and a colleague did their research for their latest study over an 18-month period at seven multinational companies based in the UK. They spent many hours recording and studying the language of senior men and women while they were conducting high-level meetings. Judith and I spoke on Skype. As I believe that language is one of the main ways in which we construct our identities in the workplace, I just wanted to find out if there was something happening in a meeting. Um, People spend so long in meetings, some managers are in meetings all day, so it's obviously a key um, experience for them. So I went in wanting to analyse the language they use. And what she found was that men joked more than women, and their use of humour was more successful. In that they were using humour in a more crafted and professional way to manage people, whereas the women were perhaps less easy with using humour and often there were cases of humour going wrong when the women used it. Men were using it more often um, and they were using it in a way that produced a laugh, whereas when women used it less often, they often didn't get a laugh from others around the room. So I was quite interested in knowing why that was the case. Yeah. But when you say um, (laughs) that men were using it in a sort of, they were more deft with their use of humour, give me an example. Um, I think it would be a case of using humour with colleagues who are being difficult. Um, If a a conflict situation was brewing up in the discussion, um, a male leader would often use humour to banter with the person who was being difficult. So you'd have a a running gag or you'd have uh, a sequence of witticisms going through um, the discussion where very often the the male manager was joking with the person who was being difficult. And that, of course, defused the situation and people would end up laughing rather than disagreeing with each other. Mm. So to me, that was very skilled. It was a very skilled use of language to get a positive outcome with a difficult uh, colleague. 
And what, but what about with, with women then? How did you see it sort of backfire with, with women? Well, um, women, I mean, I do believe that men and women can use humour in exactly the same ways. But when it's in a situation where women are in the minority, I think women tend to feel a bit more defensive so that they're less relaxed, less perhaps self-assured in that situation. And therefore, humour doesn't come quite so naturally to them. When they did use humour, it tended to be quite self-deprecating in the sense of, they would turn the humour against themselves and mock themselves rather than what the men did, which was to mock other people. <laughs> so men were happy to tease or kind of use jocular abuse against other colleagues, whereas women tended not to do that. Or they did it at their peril. When they did do it, it often didn't work. And this self-deprecating humour didn't go down well much of the time which struck me as odd because as a woman, I'm very familiar with self-deprecation. Nearly all women use it and we like it because as Judith says, it makes us seem approachable. If you criticise yourself or mock yourself, then you are less of a threat to other people. So if women um, are a threat to men in that kind of context, and some women think they are, one of the ways they can actually dilute that threat is by having a joke at their own expense. It's mm. much more high risk to, to joke at someone else's expense because you can't be sure that anyone's going to laugh at that and it could be seen as insulting. But if they make a joke at their own expense, then uh, nobody else is losing face. So it seems to me that it's done as a means of saying, look, I'm not threatening. I'm somebody that you can get on with. You don't have to worry about me. That kind of humour may work in a group of women, but remember, if a senior woman was leading a meeting Judith was observing, she was still in a minority in the room. There was about an 80-20 split of men to women. And in a meeting that was made up largely of men, the tactic of making fun of herself often flopped, and the woman came across as needy or defensive. Judith found that at these high-level meetings, more than 80% of women's jokes were met with silence, Meanwhile, 90% of men's jokes got instant laughter or approval. Why? <laughs> well, I, I think this is a lot to do with cultural assumptions about who is funny uh, in our kind of Western society in the sense that um, traditionally men are the ones who are comics, who make the jokes, who've been on stages, comedians and so forth. And women are supposed to act as a supportive audience who laugh at the jokes. Um, I think culturally there's still very few examples of women as stand-up comedians, for example. There are very few role models of women who are funny, uh, whereas there are dozens and dozens of men who, who do that very well. So um, I, I think it's, it's about the fact that, that women aren't supposed to be funny, but men are. And um, both men and women are prepared to laugh at men but very few men seem to be prepared to, to laugh at women's jokes. Mm. They'll laugh at women, but not with women. Judith found these things changed a lot when she looked at humour among middle managers. In those cases, the gender distribution in the room was much more equal. There were many more women at that level, and men and women were using humour in similar ways. She says the women felt much more comfortable in that situation, and they got more laughs. But what about the fact men joke around in meetings more than women, especially with other men? 
I think men do it as a form of bonding. Um, perhaps they don't get the same opportunities to go and have a chat over coffee as women do. Women find these sort of moments to actually connect with each other socially, whereas I think men in the workplace tend to do that less so. So humour is their kind of way of bonding with each other in these sort of more public situations. And it turns out some companies in the US take humour very seriously. They want to encourage bonding between company and client all through a few laughs, and they're prepared to pay for it. I was just floored and amused to learn that here in the States on the West Coast, there is actually a consultancy that teaches businesses how to employ humour in order to make a more genuine human connection with their clients. And I thought, God, how American, you know, that there's actually a consultancy that, mm. that teaches companies how to be funny. That is interesting. I mean, humour is just another resource for doing leadership. Um, if you think of leadership being about the way we speak and interact primarily, there's a whole range of ways in which we can use language to be incredibly effective and influential. And humour is just part of the toolkit. So I can, I can understand that. I mean, I think it's probably harder to teach people to be funny um, but there are sort of things that you can encourage people to do. Um, it's a mindset, really. If you can change people's mindset about humour and why we use it, then perhaps people will use it in more productive ways. Judith Baxter. You can read more about Judith's work and some of her other findings on the way women use language at the Broadly Speaking blog at thebroadexperience.com. Ever heard of double voice discourse? You'll probably recognise it when you read about it. It turns out women use this second-guessing speech tactic four times as much as men. That's The Broad Experience for this time. You'll find a few show notes under this episode at thebroadexperience.com. Feel free to comment there and on the show's Facebook page. The Broad Experience is supported by the Mule Radio Syndicate. Check out all the other great podcasts at muleradio.net. As ever, please spread the word about the show. The more people know it exists and begin to listen, the more chance I have of getting further sponsorship. Also, if you like what you hear, please consider writing a review of the show on iTunes. And if there's something you'd like to hear covered, get in touch with me at ashley at thebroadexperience.com. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.